0: welcome to uncontained episode 58 i'm your host aaron static render on the show today i talked to former host of open lane media uh founder and president of anime superstar ceo of tech for real and executive geek productions plus motion capture artist voiceover artist actor and stuntman jerell hall Jarrell was in the Bay Area for the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, one of the biggest game conferences all year round right here in the Bay Area. And I was able to meet up with him in person and do my first full in-person interview since I was back working at KRNA in Cedar Rapids. So it's been a while. It was really cool being face to face with him. This was a really fun interview, and there's lots of great stories, some crazy voices, and a lot of great pointers for people who are looking to get started out in the entertainment industry. You definitely want to listen to this one. Before we jump into the interview, I do want to thank everybody who's been supporting the show, spreading the word, helping get bigger and better guests on the show, and um, even even helping out financially by clicking that Amazon link on uh, my webpage, uncontainedpod.com. But I won't keep you waiting any longer. You definitely want to uh, listen to this episode with actor mocap artist, stuntman, CEO, a man with a list of credentials, 10 miles long,
1: Jarrell Hall.
2: How's it going Jarrell and welcome to Uncontained.
1: Thank you. I was going well. I am glad to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for
2: coming up. You're in town. Yes. And this is actually one of my, actually my first in person interview. Since I started the podcast, since back when I was doing radio in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So, okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you for uh, <laughs> coming to town and agreeing to meet up with me yes, and sure. uh, making this happen.
1: Cool. I love it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, being able to come back home is always a good pleasure. So, I was like, I'm going to be in town, I'm going to be at home. Why not come meet you in person? Yeah,
2: yeah, dude. It's, it's always, you got that personal
1: connection when you're doing it, yes. which is which is definitely nice instead of staring exactly. at a computer
2: screen with no video <laughs> and like, okay, how am I supposed to feed off of this guy? Cause
1: Skype, yeah. when you do video, it cuts the sound quality. And... Oh yeah, then you get chopping it. Yeah, all that's crazy, all, all crazy. So <laughs> you were raised here in the Bay Area. Yes, I was, all yes, right. I was, cool, yes. Cool, I'm a Bayer native in Oakland, actually about, I would say 10 minutes away from here, off of 63rd Street in North Oakland. Okay, (laughs) okay, so you know this area way better than I do, being originally from the Midwest. Okay, Uh, (laughs) okay, all right, all right. So,
2: uh, welcome home. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) I always love being home, it's cold at home. Yeah, not as cold as my home, but uh, (laughs) but that's a whole other subject.
0: But what brings
1: you back to town? Mm -hmm. Um, I was in town for GDC this week. Uh, It's a Game Developers Conference that takes place in San Francisco every year. It's um it's a pretty important show for not only my company but I say it's the most important show for the game industry because everyone looks at E3 or they look at you know different game coms or different shows like that but GDC is where a lot of the business gets done. I usually explain it to people I say if GDC doesn't happen you don't get many of your games the rest of the year, you know, so I have to be in town every year, you know, for that. And I like it because, like I said, I get to come back home.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) GDC Game Developers Conference, Mm -hmm. you say without that, you wouldn't get a lot of your games. How so? How's that?
1: Well, yes, um, GDC is a meeting of Usually your publishers, your producers, your CEOs and managers that get together and talk about not only the technology and the games that are coming, but they take care of distribution. They take care of release dates. They announce things before they get to the big marketing shows like E3 and you know Tokyo Game Show and things like that. And many times, if you don't see or hear about a game at GDC, you might not hear about it until the following year okay. because- it's just not on the table at the moment, you know. So a lot of us who are in the game industry, we know that if we see or hear it at GDC, it's going to be coming soon.
2: Okay, and yeah. uh, like who all shows up to GDC? Is it just developers or like voice
1: talent or? You get like- a little bit of everything. Um, you get a lot of animators, developers, producers, directors. Um, a lot of us motion capture and voiceover people show up because we like to interface with a lot of people who run a lot of the companies because it's better networking for us. You know, okay, so I, I always say you kind of skip the middleman. You know, <laughs> you can talk <laughs> directly to the managers a lot of time. Plus, it's a, they throw amazing parties. GDC is also known for the parties. Oh, really? is right in downtown San Francisco. You know, so you have Thirsty Bear, you have Jillian's, you have The W, you have all those cool places. So the parties are pretty cool. And since they're exclusive, and they're usually ran by the top echelon of the companies, they're pretty bomb parties, you know? Right on, right <laughs> on, well, maybe one day, yeah. one
2: day I'll be able to attend the GDC and experience Next year. one of those parties. Next year, all right, I'm down, yes. I'm down. <laughs> I would have gone this year, but. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't meet you just yet, so yeah. No, no, we just met now, so I, I didn't have my in yet. <laughs> for sure so how did you get started into the voiceover, over mm-hmm. the mocap and uh eventually owning your own production company
1: okay um well we st- i guess you can start with the mocap and voiceover first of all i was a weird kid <laughs> starting <laughs> off there um i grew up in a household that was um musicians military doctors and business people so it was a very weird okay. array. That's an interesting <laughs> environment. Exactly. So, you know, I had the logical side of my brain, but then, of course, I was a creative geek. My grandmother is actually hardcore into the geek world. Okay. You know, she watches all the geek shows. Really? She actually speaks Cleon and Elvish fluently. It's really <laughs> crazy. You know, she actually lives literally five minutes away from here in Oakland. It's kind of funny. But, um... I got into acting and dance and martial arts and and things like that when I was young, and as I got older, by the time I was in high school, I realized I didn't want to work for anyone else for a long time. Yeah, you know. So when I was 18 years old, I actually started my own production company while I was working at Wells Fargo, and you know, years after years after working and building things, and you know, going to college for theater, and you know, doing all kind of films and small projects. I met a gentleman named Ruben Langdon, who was one of kind of the big wigs in motion capture. He's okay. actually Dante in Devil May Cry. He's Ken Masters in Street Fighter, and he did a lot of mocap for Avatar. And when he first introduced me to it, I was just like, oh, so this is what they do. And you know, years later, I decided, okay, I'm going to pursue this myself. And I just started pushing myself out there. You know, it, it was kind of the old school actor adage of jumping into it with both feet.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, voiceover came a lot faster, mainly because being tied to the music industry, I, you know, would always be around recording studios. So then I would just like, well, what are they doing over there? Making all those weird noises, and <laughs> all those weird voices. But then I got into it and found out how fun it was. So um, with motion capture, I got in fully into it a few years back. And since then it's just been a cool journey. And nowadays, both of them are blending, so it's a lot of fun. Cool, so you do a lot of video games, correct? Yes, yes. So how
2: does uh, motion capture and voiceover come Mm -hmm. together in those?
1: Typically, it would be the motion capture would be recorded separately. You know, you record the mocap data, and then the animators would go and do their work. And then later on, you would have voiceover actors. Sometimes they'd be the same people. Sometimes they would be different people come in to record the dialogue, and they would match it to the characters. But nowadays, since motion capture technology is moving so fast and it's grown so much, a lot of times you get them both together. You know, and that's called performance capture. Actually, it's what you see in movies like um, Lord of the Rings. Or- Okay. or um, and the Avengers movies, or um, what's that, Planet of the Apes. Right. You know, see a lot of that together. And a lot of times for us mocap people will be brought in to do motion capture, and if they like our voice on set, they say, well, hey, can you do the same thing inside of a booth? So then, you know, we'll get out the funny leotard suit, and we'll go <laughs> right into an ADR booth, and we'll do the same thing. But some studios still do it the same. Some, you know, do it, I guess you can say, the new way. It just really depends on what their workflow is.
2: Yeah, I saw a video on your website, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, (laughs) JarrellHall.com. All right, we'll just go ahead and plug awesome. it. Right,
1: Thank you for that promotion. It. Like
2: how you slid that in there. <laughs> Check it out. He has a he has a video blog on there too, mm-hmm. and uh, some footage of him running around in the funny leotard, as he called it, um, <laughs> the mocap suit, and yes. uh, doing some of the um,
1: voice work at the same time. Yes. So
2: was that one of the performance capture?
1: Yes. Um, in those situations, you would typically be working with three different companies. You'd be working with the motion motion. motion capture company, you'll be working with a company um, that's typically in America we use something called Faceware. This is when you wear kind of the helmet cam that kind of comes out, which you typically see like in the Avatar movies. Yeah, And they would be recording our facial expressions but also recording dialogue. You know, And this helps give a more realistic feel to the game cinematics or even the end game. You know, it's once Faceware started pairing with a lot of motion capture studios you would get more realistic performances because that, that way you can get the characters facial expressions their energy their emotion right there and match it to the voices sometimes they would bring in new actors you know to do their voices if they wanted a certain type of voice but other times if they did well on set they would use our voices that we did
2: yeah, and you see that the voices match better now too yes. because if you watch the video, you'll see like, mm-hmm. all these dots on their face, yeah. which I'm <laughs> guessing are motion capture to record, like if you curl your lip up when you say something exactly. or whatever. But if you've done any impersonations mm-hmm. or know anything about it, you look at the person's mouth as they're doing it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you know if they have their lips out... You know, mm-hmm. you got to kind of do that, or if their yes. if their teeth are like kind
1: of gritting their teeth, gritting, you, gritted, get you that, have yes. to do that
2: in order to get that exactly. voice to come out. So you know, if you watch like the old video games or mm-hmm. whatever, you'd see like mm-hmm. the facial movements, and if you like static. watching watching an old kung fu movie, yes. kind of like they'd <laughs> so be moving true. their mouth, and like they'd be like, "You kill my father," exactly, and, yeah, and and exactly. <laughs> <that would be. laughs> Obviously, this is a podcast, so you couldn't see my face, but... I could have looked amazing. (laughs) Thank you, man. Thank you. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. so... So that is part of the reason why the mm-hmm. graphics and
1: words actually sync up so much better. Yes, right. very much so. Yeah, it's and with the technology, it's getting to a place now to where even with facewear, you don't even need the dots on your face anymore. The new cameras actually pick up the contours of your face and really? record it automatically, and you can now do it in live motion capture, which is the best thing for many of us performance artists ourselves because we can see ourselves as the characters, we can see ourselves in the environment, which helps performance ultimately how do you find uh,
2: acting in a green screen environment is that difficult
1: or is it easier on an actual set um to be honest it doesn't really matter if you're doing motion capture for film a lot of times you're in green screen environments but if you're doing motion capture in video games you're a lot of times on a motion capture volume with a lot of cameras and what i always tell people it's like being when you were five years old and you were playing in your imagination and you were creating a world and characters on your own, it's the exact same thing in motion capture just as adults. So of course sets and costumes and props do help you get into character and kind of get into the moment a little more. But in motion capture, Because we're so used to having to use our imaginations, we a lot of times can really visualize what's right there, you know. And we really get, I guess you can say, we get into our own psyche and see what's there. Um, And because of the way the technology has to run, we don't get the luxury of props and costumes and makeup. We just kind of have what's there. So I don't want to say it's necessarily difficult. It's just different. You know, it's the first time you do it, of course, you feel a little weird. You feel a little awkward because you're like, okay, (laughs) I'm doing all these strange moves. And there's like a 100 cameras surrounding me in a 360 view. And everyone's staring at me like this. And everything is quiet. And they're wondering what's going to happen next. And I just got done doing something crazy. And they're like, great, that was good. And you're like did I really do well to like an idiot what did I do you know but <laughs> yeah how is this gonna look exactly you know but then when you start to see it in context of the characters or the creatures or whatever you play you go oh that's why I did it that way and so yeah it, it's a process to get used to right all
2: right, right so kind of yeah, yeah I, I could see it being like when you were a kid like as you were yes. saying like your <laughs> sandbox is a bunker yes. or like hot <laughs> lava you can't touch the floor or very else you'll much die. So. you know <laughs> and, you know it's cool as an adult to be able to get into to that. Well know? yeah,
1: the, the, the thing that I tell my friends all the time I said, you know, it's amazing when your parents used to tell you stop doing those things as a kid you'll never make money doing it and now you get to go, mom and dad, look, I'm making money doing that thing you told me <laughs> to stop doing so that's always kind of a cool thing about um, my job is that I get to play yeah, a lot you yeah. know, my job involves playing there is a, a work aspect, you know, because you have to be in shape, you have to keep your skills up to date and different things like that and pay for, you know, certain types of training but when you realize that you get to create games or films or things that people see and say, oh my God, that was awesome. You go, wow, that was me. You know, <laughs> or you're in a movie theater and you see something that you recorded via motion capture or voiceover and you go, wow. I do that for a living. That makes it all worth it. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
2: um, besides having to have an active imagination, Mm -hmm. what would you say are some skills that somebody would need to get into Mm mocap?
1: I always look at it, I look at skills um, like a toolbox. You know, okay. I would say everyone has a different size toolbox. Some have two, three tools. Some have 23 tools. You know, I say the main tools you really need to have, first of all, is an imagination. That's number one. You know, you have to be able to put yourself into whatever you're going to become or whatever they ask you to become. Second, I say know how to move. You know, motion capture—it's a—it's a physical medium. You know, ninety-nine percent of the time, you're going to be moving unless you're playing a character that doesn't move or who is paralyzed. And you which... don't really need the mocap. Exactly. <laughs> you just put a doll down there. Um, I would say acting ability is very much needed because with the way video games are going, you don't just need one thing. You need more than one. You know, you're going to be doing both in-game movements and cinematic type movements. And the fourth one, I would say. Have a flexible mentality because with motion capture, a lot of times you don't know what you're getting into until the day of, you know, so you don't always get time to prepare. You have to just come prepared. I tell people I train in various dances, various uh, martial arts, various types of acting and movement, because if I get called in for a job, I don't always get the luxury of knowing what type of character I'm playing. So I have to kind of be like, all right, what's going on today? You know, and I may come in thinking I'm going to play a soldier, but I end up playing a prostitute. You know, (laughs) I'll come in thinking I'm going to play a monster and I'm playing a three year old child. You know, so you have to kind of be flexible to realize that you never know what you're going to get into. And kind of a bonus one I tell people who want to get into motion capture acting is do a lot of people watching. You know, people are some of your best best case studies and exercises because you can learn a lot from watching older people, younger people, you know children, teenagers you know, sports players, dancers bodybuilders, wrestlers and copy their movements, you know, even watch animals because yeah. I've played a spaceship before you played a spaceship? <laughs> yes How do you play a spaceship? It was very weird <laughs> and awkward. I had to put my body in strange positions and like sit on this weird chair and literally an animator came and like spun me around and like push me on it. It was really funny but then I was like how was this going to look then when I saw it I said oh. Okay but then I found out that the spaceship later on was an actual you know um, self aware ship that had a personality so I was like "Okay, I get that now but that comes back to what I said about being flexible Yeah, you never know what you're going to get sometimes. You can't be like man I'm not going to play a fucking spaceship. And you never know (laughs) and you're like hey you are
2: paying me fine I'll do it. (laughs) I'll be the yes. best spaceship you've ever seen. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the voiceover aspect of yes. this. Yeah. Um, do you do any impersonations or what like um what
0: aspect of voiceover do you do?
1: A lot of voiceover I've done has been either audiobooks, narrations or effort sounds. Um, effort sounds is something okay. I get hired for quite a bit because I I have a crazy range of, you know, screaming down to low, down to I, – I know how to die really well. That's something I get hired for a lot. Or I play various British characters. I do a lot of things like this, you know. That's um, an accent I yes. need to work on a little bit. I could do, like, the, uh, like the Beatles,
2: like – uh, like, it's all the mind yeah. but I'm like not working
1: anyways yeah but, but I'm you. not
2: that's one of the accents that I need to work other, otherwise it comes out like I sound like an ass like hello
1: governor <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't get many of those in games anymore. no no but, no um but but voiceover is always interesting because, like I said, I get called in a lot to do effort sounds, and those are very taxing on your voice. Oh, for people who yeah. are listening that don't know what effort sounds uh, are, yes. it's not yeah. like
2: I'm trying. Exactly. But, yeah. uh, what is it?
1: <laughs> effort sounds is basically anytime when you're playing a video game or you're watching an, an animated film or a show. It's when you hear someone do something, um, whether they get punched in the gut or they fall off of something. So you or you know screams when they're done things like that those are effort sounds so whenever you hear someone making an expression from reacting to something that is an effort sound a lot of times we'll get actors that'll come in and that's all we'll do for four hours and by the time you're done doing that your your voice is done your voice (laughs) voice is is done done you know it's a lot of fun but it's very taxing on your instrument. when I mean, you're just like, wow, I just spent four hours yelling like an idiot. But then when you finally hear it, you go, oh, that sounds great. I can't talk for two days, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a question for you kind yes. of off
2: the subject sure. a little bit,
1: but mm-hmm. I was listening to
2: the More Stories podcast ah, a few yes. years back mm-hmm. and Jay Moore was saying something mm-hmm. that I really related to. Ah, he was mm-hmm. like walking around the house and he was just like talking to himself doing a scene from Platoon, I believe it was. his. Mm-hmm wife feels down okay. at him, what was that honey he's like oh nothing I was just quoting platoon and she's like wait wait a second wait a second you're saying if I wasn't here you'd be walking around doing that damn and right he's like damn right I am and like before that you know I did I do that too and I yeah. didn't even I didn't think anything was weird about it but <laughs> that's
1: because you're one of us you get it
2: <laughs> yeah so like you know I'm like walking around town talking like an old man like yeah hey,
1: what are you doing this get on over here well, see, that's the weird thing about being an actor is we a lot of times are in our heads and sometimes we do it in the wrong places and at the <laughs> wrong times. Um, one of my friends, um, TJ Storm, he's actually... a great voice actor, great motion capture actor. He actually did the motion capture for Colossus and Deadpool. And he's the motion capture actor for Godzilla. And he was telling this funny story about how he was at this convention and he was getting prepared for a role he had an audition for. And TJ's a big guy, you know, he's about six foot four, super muscle bound. He's crazy long, like um, braids and, you know, big martial artist guy and he's in character going through the um, lines and he has this real evil look on his face and has the elevator doors open. These two ladies walk up to him and he kind of comes up and looks and he scares the shit out of these ladies. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But by this time the damage is already done. Cause he scared the hell out of these two old ladies. And that's the kind of thing that happens. You know, I talk to my I'm a I call myself, it doesn't make sense, a chronic talker to her. Cause I talk to myself so much. And I'll get angry when people interrupt me because I'm going through things in my head. <laughs> so as as creatives, we do that. You know, we we are in our heads so much a lot of times, and people are just like, What is that weird person doing? I'm working, leave me alone, I'm studying. So,
2: no, I'm not homeless. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but if you want to put some change in this cup to help a starving actor, Be
1: by free. all means, we'll take all of it. <laughs> But yeah, that is something that we definitely do a lot. And you get it. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm
2: just wandering around town just mumbling to myself or
1: you know, somebody like,
2: What do you say? Or my girlfriend's like, What do you say? You, like, say- you know, it's like, no, just <laughs> yeah. doing doing some voices. Exactly. You know, oh, you know me. <laughs> cool. So so what have you been in, Jarell? Like what games can people see you in? Yes.
1: Um, and I, I know you got a couple exciting things coming up. We'll talk about that too yes, if you want. Yes. Yes. Um, let's see what I can talk. What I can talk about because um, and that's another thing. Before I talk about things that I've been in, the crazy thing about being a motion capture um, actor or voice actor is you're constantly under NDA. So you're not able to talk about projects until they come out. Um, yeah. But I can talk about a few projects of mine that are coming out. Um, one has actually just been announced called Remember Remember. Okay. Um, another is called Robo, Robo Recall, which I just found out the title today. You oh, know, wow. Yeah, it, it, I worked on that, God, I don't even remember how long, I think it was over a year I worked on that. Um, another is called Wonder Buffalo. Um, in terms of voiceover work, you can hear me in Aliens, Colonial Marines. Um, Doing a lot of dying and effort sounds in that. Um, Chowder. Um, What what was the name of that show? Um, It was another Cartoon Network show. Outside of Chowder. Something for Imaginary Friends something's hmm. home for imaginary friends
2: it sounds that name sounds kind of familiar yeah. but
1: it like. was one of those weird random shows um i've done various commercial spots i've done a lot of wine commercials wine commercials, yes a huh? lot of wine commercials um i did Put on your khakis and yeah just <laughs> speaking of various wines in Bose, what are, you know just weird names and things like that they give you a script and you go really what is all this out to say? Um, let's see. I've done various children books, um, especially that are released in England. Um, what else have I done that's notable that people would know that I can talk about? Um, those <laughs> non-disclosure agreements, yeah, they, man. They, they, they make like everything so much tough. I want to tell you, but I'm just like, you know, some of those execs are probably like, hear me right now. He said the name. Take him out now. So I'll walk outside. Nobody the door and listens. Just hit the floor. Nobody yeah.
2: listens to this. <laughs> they
1: will listen to it. <laughs> but um, but I am working on a number of projects that will be coming to you know all of your game consoles. Um, a couple I can say are military games. Wink, wink. You can do your um, homework from there. Um, I've done a number of RPGs that okay. where I've done motion capture and voiceover for that will be announced actually at E3 this year. So when those get announced, you know you'll definitely see my name in those credits. So it's a lot of things, but unfortunately, I can't talk about all of them. But the three I can is Remember, Remember, Robo Recall, and Wonder Buffalo. And all three of those are actually VR games. Okay. You know, so, and VR is something that's really big in motion capture right now.
2: Like are they for a certain platform, or are they, like, VR for, like, your uh, Samsung phone where you, um, like, put it in your headset?
1: Let's see. Robo Recall will be on PlayStation 4. Remember, Remember, I think, will be on the HTC Vive and then also the Oculus. Okay. And Wonder Buffalo – I'm not sure the platform because I know that they have co- talks with various companies but I'm not I'm not high up in that one I'm just yeah on that. yeah so
2: what is like Wonder Buffalo
1: this is yeah. such a
2: vague name I guess so like what is what is the premise of the game
1: Wonder Buffalo is actually it was created by a USC grad um, it's really a story about her. She plays this superhero called The Wonder Buffalo. It's kind of a okay. Thai name. Um, she's um she's Taiwanese American. and she no, I'm sorry, not Taiwanese American. actually, she's Thai, you know, from um Thailand. but her mom always called her a buffalo. And I guess okay. it's a term of endearment. you know yeah i was like i was like that's kind of a strange name but um she created this vr gaming experience about um this young girl who becomes a superhero you know, so for that project, it was a lot of motion capture of creating kind of a lot of superhero poses and dives and various Muay Thai moves. And okay. so, you know, I got to utilize some um, martial arts with that. And actually, um, my twin sister, who, you know, we call ourselves the mocap duo, she did a lot of the mocap for that. And I did a lot, of, kind of like the coaching and kind of choreography of helping her do that. So that's actually going to be a, um, premiered at South by Southwest this year. Okay. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, Remember, Remember, is a really cool experience, because that's done by um, Moth and Flame, AMD, and MTV, and directed by Kevin Cornish. Um, It's basically a game about um, a lady who has memories about an alien invasion. And she's being held in a prison, and I don't want to give too much away, but her memories play a key into how you solve the levels in the game. Okay. And they have various instances that you get to kind of move in and out of. And I played about 15 different characters in that game, you know, so that was cool. And um, Robo Recall, I basically played a lot of the robots who end up getting shot and killed and carrying big weapons and I was a big mech screaming at people said so I was putting Okay. Cool. So do you <laughs> typically find yourself playing more than one character in a game? Yes. Um depending on your skill set when motion capture, you are either specialized or you are all purpose. Or as I like to call, you know, you're a Renaissance man or Renaissance woman. I like to be a Renaissance man in motion capture because I will instead of getting called in to say, Jorel, we need you for A, I'll get called in for A through F. You okay. they will be like, oh Jorel, he can take falls. Jarell, he can do martial arts. Jarell, he can act. Jarell, he can do weapons. So I'll get called in and maybe in a day I'll play sometimes up to 20 to 30 characters in one day, you know. So yeah, it it can get very interesting, you know, when you have to play someone really big, someone really small, someone really frail, like wiring, things like that, or play a military person. It's but it's all parts of, like I said before, your toolbox. What do you have in your toolbox yeah. that you can pull out? At the end you of know. the day,
2: do you ever have like an identity crisis or like? Oh, my life is an
1: identity crisis. <laughs> 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 ben, I'm big. Ben, I'm really tiny. <laughs> you should see me at home, you know, my wife just goes, what is wrong with him? You know what? It, it's okay. I, I know it. But yeah. but, um, but it is kind of crazy because you have to put yourself mentally and physically in a lot of these spaces. Yeah. So what ends up happening, there is some bleed over because even when you're done on set, you're still kind of mentally there. So you have to kind of decompress because you realize I'm going home as a three-year-old child. That's not going to work when I walk into my house. So I have to turn <laughs> some things off. Yeah, I
2: could imagine walking home as a three-year-old your wife feeling like Jarrell. Yeah, so what the hell are you doing?
1: Oh, yeah, work. Don't worry about it. It Was worse. Don't so worry. Yeah. I played a three
2: year old today. I'll be good. I'll be good by six o'clock. Exactly. All right. Let me. I'm.
1: But yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's interesting, but it's fun. Like I said, it's we get to do those things that not many people get to do. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: on your Facebook mm-hmm. post, mm-hmm. like our Facebook line, it's like mm-hmm. you do like voiceover mocap. Yes. And you're like, I get to run around and have fun all day or something yeah. like that. That's what I do. I'm like,
1: that is what I want to do. See, yeah. <laughs> My job is. I get to play and people pay me money for it, so yeah. I can't complain off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people, if they play, they
2: don't get paid or get fired. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but it's yeah. encouraged, that's what I like about it. Yes. And I heard, did you used to do
1: stunts, or do you still do stunts? I still do stunts. Um, okay. Motion capture involves a lot of stunt work. Um, I've been doing stunts, I would say, since I was about 17 or 18 years old, and it's carried over perfectly into motion capture because a lot of what we do since I get hired to do a lot of physical roles I'm usually doing jumps and flips and tumbling and rolling and getting beat up or beating myself up a lot you know so the stunt aspect really helps because like I said before I can get called in to do multiple things you know instead of just being called in to just be an actor I can also be that character or that number of characters and do the stunts for them so that helps out a lot Mm
2: -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. Um, One more thing on Mm mocap, then I'm gonna move on to your production company and talk a little bit about that. Do like okay, does the size of a character like Mm -hmm. affect does your size affect Mm -hmm. the way it reads for different size characters? Or can they scale your size? So like you're moving, and can they like shrink that down to say a three-year-old that you were talking about or like a big Godzilla monster?
1: Yeah, it highly depends on what the studio Needs or how they want to work their production flow because I and many other motion capture actors, we've played people or characters or creatures of all sizes and all shapes. But sometimes you will get studios that are very specific to say we need someone to be this specific size because, and usually when that happens, that's because they're going to build the character based on your body type and height. Okay. But other than that, you, you can usually play various size. Like I said, I've played monsters that were 10 feet tall. I've played children that were two feet tall you know I've played you know fat guys skinny girls all kinds of things because that's more of an animation thing but like I said before the only time that makes a difference is if they're going to do an entire 3d scan of your body and you're going to kind of be that character and even in that case they still may scale you depending on if they want the character to look differently okay
2: cool cool cool. cool. i I was just kind of curious about that and like obviously you have to Mm -hmm. carry yourself different for different roles like if you're playing the big fat guy you know you kind of gotta like walk around yourself sometimes with your legs well
1: there's actually i just did a motion capture panel what was that two and a half weeks ago um for a channel on twitch and i did a live motion capture example of showing how when they put my character up on screen he was this big green troll and i showed them the difference of if i stand like i do normally my arms bleed into themselves. But because I'm playing this character who's a really big um, monster and he has big arms, now I have to walk like this because now it makes sense to that character. He
2: has his you arms know? out wide. Yes, just I'm so winging. Yes, know. so you guys can see.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, he's help me out right there. Yes. But um, if you watch that, I give a, a good example of how to change how your body mechanics need to work in order to make that character believable. Because if I walk like I do in my everyday life, the animators are going to kill me because yeah. they'll be like, what the hell are you doing? You know, so I make their jobs easier by, you know, um, directing my body the way it needs to go. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So your production company, What? Yes. what's first of all, what's the name of your production company?
2: Yes. It's called Executive Geek Productions. Executive Geek Productions. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. And what do you guys put? what do you guys uh, focus on, or special on Yeah, specialize in?
1: We are basically a media production company and a lot of the media that we um, focus on is all based around geek content. You know, comic books, Japanese animation, video games, films, um, Live events, podcasts, different things like that. And the original name of the company was called Anime Superstar back in 2004. Okay. And we changed it in 2013 because we became more of a general-purpose geek company instead of just Japanese animation. And it was actually named by Stan Lee himself. Oh, really? Yes. I was at um, – what's the name of the show? Well, now it's called Stan Lee's Comic Con. But it used to be called – what was the name of it before that? Um. It was called some other show before. It was called Stan Lee's Comic-Con in L.A., and I was invited to a panel. It was Stan Lee, Kevin Smith, and um, Jim Lee, and a number of other people. And I got to talk to Stan for about an hour. Wow. And I said, you know, I'm looking to rebrand my company and change the name. I want to do something with geeks. And he was like, whatever you do, just make sure it's executive, son. And I was like, hmm, executive, executive, geek. Thank you, Mr. Lee. <laughs> you know? so, that's how the name of the company came out. And um, we used to do a show called The Anime Superstar Show that was on um, a network a long time ago called T-Radio V. It was much like this podcast, but it was a webcast. So it, you know, it was a visual medium as well. We've done um, a number of different live shows. And now we're in production of bringing one of our old shows back, but in a television format. Okay, you know, And, and also producing tons of other shows and content and even doing motion capture based animation shows. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, what show is it that you're bringing back and making mm-hmm. a TV show? Can you talk about that yet? Yes, or? I can. Yeah. Since it's um, your company? Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, that I can talk about. I don't have to like hold that one. <laughs> um, the show was originally called The Anime Superstar Show, but now we're gonna change the title. We have a few tentative titles. Um, we're looking at various names around geek um, and we're kind of expanding the cast. Okay. Because the cast used to just be five guys around the table. But then we realized, okay, we need a little bit more diversity than this. you know. So we've added a few ladies. You know, we have people with varying backgrounds to add more to the show and we're gonna make it more of a visual medium uh, medium even more than what it was and take the show kind of out and about and a little bit on the road so people okay. can see various things. So that's very exciting. So
2: like do auditoriums or do like man on the street type thing. We're
1: gonna do man on the street, we're going to do um, you know, live interviews, we're going to do how-to's, um, reviews, we're going to be going attending the live shows, you know, like San Diego Comic Con E3 doing things like that. Okay. We're doing a A lot of things with celebrities, um, fun things. I'm thinking about having this guy that has me on his cop podcast right now on the show. You Um, know, (laughs) who would that be? (laughs) You know, but it's cool things like that because the show will have many different layers of not only highlighting cool things in the geek world, but also cool people in the geek world that are doing things that people may not know about. You know, yeah. that's something that we're really big about at Executive Geek is we wanna show people things that they didn't even know exist that's in their backyard. That's like, hey, this person's doing the cool thing, come watch and see how cool it is. You know, so that's very exciting for the things we have coming up.
2: Okay, yeah, and yeah. you know, that kind of fits along with my show too. Yes. I wanna talk yes. to like as many people in the entertainment industry. Exactly. At pretty much <laughs> multiple levels, you know, yes. some that yes. have made it, some, Some of my guests have, like, literally just started doing open mic stand-up. Nice. Okay. So it's like I kind of want to get their take on it. Yeah. And then get advice for people who are starting Mm -hmm. out of hurdles they've overcome to help Mm -hmm. inspire people to create something. Exactly. Exactly. Giving back. Like I, mm-hmm. I worked in radio before mm-hmm. this for like seven years. Then I moved out here, wasn't doing anything yeah. creative for like two, two and a half, mm. actually closer to three years. Oh, wow. I was okay. Thinking about starting a podcast, but never <laughs> got around <laughs> to it. Then finally, you know, um, Finally, like okay, I'm doing it. I'm (laughs) launching it on Leap Day, so I launched on February 29th of last year. So I've been just over a year on the air now. Congratulations and thank Mm. you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) And it's been, it's been really cool talking to people like yourself. Thank you. Uh, hearing how they got started, how they got into the business, and you know what kind of, what drove them into the business yeah. opposed yeah. to like, say the normal nine to five. Yeah. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. I get my name of the show from too. Awesome. like awesome. uncontained. How do exactly. you have uncontained is a question that I will ask you later on cool. in the show, yes. <laughs> meaning like, despite people telling you that you'll never make it as a voiceover artist or as a mocap artist, what is it inside you that keeps you going? But don't answer that yet. Okay, okay. That's just a little <laughs> teaser. A little preview. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs>
1: He'll be coming soon. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> but before we before we get into those questions, yes. is there anything else that you would like to promote or talk about here that you can talk about? I yeah. know there's a
0: lot that you'd like to.
2: Yeah, all
1: right know, um, The things I can talk about is I definitely want to give a shout out to the mocap vaults um that is a great place if you want to learn about motion capture and you want to actually get in a suit and see what it's like to be in motion capture um you can go to the mocapvaults.com. vaults.com also the voiceover collective by my boy jay preston um shout out to the entire team at remember remember and the crew i love you guys the exgp crew yes so that's All the people I just want to make sure I mention. (laughs) All right, perfect. Yeah, you (laughs) got to get your shout-outs in. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, you
2: know, give uh, credit to the people who have helped you along the way as well. Damn right, because I wouldn't be here without a long list of y'all. So y'all know who y'all are. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. But Mm. um, we've kind of covered it a little bit, but what advice Mm -hmm. would you have for people who are looking to get started out in – Either mocap mm-hmm. or voiceover or just the entertainment industry in general, yeah. since you cover a lot of it.
1: Um, I always tell people just the way I've done it. You know, I can't really speak for anyone else, obviously, because I'm not them. Um, I'm a big researcher. I do a lot of homework. I ask a lot of questions, and I throw myself in. You know, and one of the biggest tools that I've learned not only as a creative but also as a businessman, as I hang around people. do it better than me and who've been successful longer than me for two reasons one because i always have someone to learn from okay you know and two you'll never learn if you are the smartest person in the room you know so that's kind of my biggest start is figure out what area you want to be in and start talking to people who already do that then never be afraid to try things that you don't think that are related but they're in the same field because I got into motion capture by doing a lot of behind the camera work and by also running my own production company and building shows at anime conventions I started meeting people in the motion capture that's how I met Ruben Langdon that's how I met you know um, Karen Dyer that's how I met various people like that because I wasn't even looking at motion capture I was doing other things but then I started asking questions and I would say the other biggest piece of advice is be stubborn, you know, just be unrelenting in terms of if you want it, go go grab it, you know, and okay. just put yourself in that field and in that area. It's going to be scary. It's going to be unsure because most of life is, <laughs> you know, but you have to say, OK, I want to do this thing and then know why and go do it. Okay. Yeah.
2: When you were saying be stubborn, I'm like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. That goes against that goes against what he was saying. You got to be flexible. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you got to you got to yes. be stubborn, yes. as in like persistent to exactly. go after it, but flexible yeah. enough to be like, okay, yeah, I can be a pirate today. Oh yeah. I can be. I can be a spaceship or a draft. Well,
1: yeah, because the thing about getting into this medium and where the stubbornness and also the flexibility go hand in hand is you have to be stubborn because you can't give up. You mm-hmm. know, you can't let it because you will always have other people tell you how your life is going to go, you know. But one of the things that I always learned that my grandfather taught me is never let people who aren't doing what you're doing tell you how to do the thing you want to do. It <laughs> just, to I mean, it was the best piece of advice I ever got. And. I was always, yeah, you're not doing what I want to do, so I'm not going to listen to you. Thank you. I'll take little nuggets of, you know, certain warnings that you have, but I still have my path. But then I also stay flexible because the thing is, is not everything is going to work out the way you want it to. I've hit many walls getting to where I am now, and I even still hit walls now. I mean, I'm only 31 years old, but I'm flexible enough to know that. I have to find ways around things because you can't always run through a wall. Sometimes you gotta find a way over it, sometimes you gotta find a way around it. Sometimes you gotta pick at the little bricks until they fall off one Mm -hmm. by one. And you have to have the mental flexibility to know that not everything is gonna be a straight line, especially in this industry. You got curves and bends and dips and crashes and you sometimes gotta take a few steps back to go forward. (laughs) You know, it's and that's where the mental flexibility fueled by the stubbornness works hand in hand.
2: Gotcha. If the yes. front door's locked. Try the side door. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't instead of the battering ram. Sometimes exactly. sometimes you need it, but yeah, you sometimes, know, sometimes
1: you, get, you know you gotta find out how to pick that lock.
2: You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah. So,
2: what do you do to promote yourself?
1: I. It's funny. I never really promoted myself that much in the past, mainly because since most of our work was really under NDAs, I couldn't really until things came out. But now when I promote, I'm starting to really get into the self-marketing because now I have to, you know, um, it's mainly social media. Social media has been one of the best tools that I've seen because not only can you build a following, you can kind of build your own community. Okay. You know, um, of course, you know, I do things like sponsorships and advertising on certain projects. But when they're my own projects, I found that pairing sponsorships and advertisers to social media has been very useful for me. Because a lot of times if I'm doing something that involves either a certain product or a certain technology that's going to be fueling what I'm doing, I'll a lot of times contact the company. I'm like, hey, I use your camera to shoot my film or to shoot my show or we use your technology to do mocap for this you know, help help us push this, you know? So what I do is I not only use the tools available to me, I use other people's tools. I'm like, wait a minute, they have $15 billion and they have a big marketing team. How about we just go tell them to help us out? You know, (laughs) so how I promote myself is I ask a lot of questions, you know, and I have, I work smart, not hard. That's (laughs) very well, very well. And so like when you
2: work with somebody who like say you Mm -hmm. were like, I use your camera to shoot this. Yeah, you're like, if you help promote this, I'll make it known Mm -hmm. that I used your camera or kind of like a barter type thing or
1: it really depends on the um, project. Like, for example, I've done a lot of things with red. You know, so I built a relationship with Red by first of all meeting them because I realized that they literally are 15 minutes away from where I live. Okay, So I actually went to their headquarters and conducted a meeting with them. I said, hey, what would you guys need from me in terms of, you know, Promotion, marketing, I mean, not really like they need anything because, I mean, red is pretty huge. But they were like, well, we're trying to get into the indie market and we really want people to tell people about our products. And if you do that, not only will we push your content, but we'll also send you guys things and send you guys places. So that's kind of one example of how you would do a deal with other companies. Sometimes they send you money. Sometimes they send you more products, you know, or they'll just put up your um, content on their various sites. That's always really helpful, especially when you're dealing with a big company that's really publicly known. If you can really get them to put up, you know, your content on, hey, how you doing out there? You know, he's working. (laughs) The janitorial staff (laughs) walking by. You know, if you can get them to post your content on their various sites, that's basically free marketing for you. Yeah, so you get their
2: audience as well as your own. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Completely understand that and try to take advantage of that myself. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, all right, so that's. That's definitely good, using mm-hmm. connections that you already have yes. or may not even mm-hmm. know that you have, really. Exactly, exactly, Discovering yes. which ones you can mm-hmm. have a productive relationship with. Exactly. A little something mm-hmm. for both parties involved. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so this one <laughs> and this next question, it might involve a little bit of thought, but right. um, what do you want a viewer or an somebody who – Consumes one of your products, Mm -hmm. sees one of your performances. Got it. What do you want them to take away and remember about Mm -hmm. the performance?
1: I always, um, I actually have an answer for that because my business partner and I, we talk a lot about that on almost a weekly basis. I'm all about empowerment. Okay. You know, I, Whenever we make any type of content, whether it's something, you know, whether it's a show or whether it's a game or whatever, I always want people to walk away feeling that, man, I got something out of that and I want to do something. Okay. You know, I don't just want to consume and go home and sit down. You know, um, even when we did our podcast, you know, got maybe it was five years ago now, although we were very funny, very entertaining, we were also very educational. So anytime someone stepped away from the show that night, they still had questions or they were like, hey, where can I go to do this? Where can I go to find this? And that always made me happy. And even now when I create things, I want people to feel OK, I need to do something with this information I just got. I'm a big information junkie, <laughs> you yeah. know. So even when I'm making something entertaining and I have people watch what I do and even the um, my own little personal blog that I'm making now because I actually have three episodes I need to put on my website I haven't put up yet. They're all educational. They're all empowering. They're all take what i'm saying and find how it can be useful for your life. And if it's not, maybe it's useful for for someone else. You yeah, know, maybe someone else can do something with it. So empowerment is something that's big for me because i feel that if someone just had someone else to tell them you can do it or this is how you can do it or you need to get off your ass and go, more people i always feel will be able to do a lot more and be more productive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: awesome. Um <laughs> Now, what would you you have a lot of them, I'm sure, but what would be a highlight of your career so far? Ooh, not oh necessarily the highlight.
0: yeah, but
1: just just a highlight. I would say, you know what? I'd, I'll give a most recent one. um, this week at GDC. You know, it's always a great feeling when something that you work on, and other people have an awesome reaction to it and you realize wow that was me i worked on that and it changes someone in a positive way yeah. or the the biggest highlight for me actually wasn't even a it wasn't even anything that happened at a conference it happened i would say a month ago that's a little less recent but i was in a i was in a store and i had dropped something on the ground and i had basically accidentally made an effort sound <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> and little kid was just like, "Hey, you sound like the guy from Aliens." And I was like, "Well, I did that game." He was like, "Colonial Marines." And his face lit up. Wow. And from, a, from an impact sound. Yes. And just just from a sound, I was like, Wait, you caught that from me making a noise and he went and got his mom was like, Mom, that's the guy that was in this. And he did that. And and then we started talking and I showed him a little video of uh, motion capture that I do. And he's like, you do that. And his eyes got so big and he was like, Mom, I want to work in the game industry. And that like made my heart explode. (laughs) And it's things like that that I love because that goes back to what I said about empowerment, you know, just that small interaction change somebody's life in that little moment whether he gets into video games one day or not lord knows but it's one of those things to where in that moment when you had that kind of effect on someone for something that you did that was fun and cool and crazy but they remember that and it affects them and you know it changes their day or possibly their life that's a big one for me awesome That's that would be a highlight for anybody,
2: yeah. you know? Like yeah. I know like <laughs> the fact that he recognized you from just one one sound and it that was you so made. Crazy.
1: I was like, wait, you really I'm like, okay, fine. That's <laughs> just how
2: much time he <laughs> devoted to that game. I know, right?
1: <laughs> I'm like, he studied everything in that game. <laughs> He's
2: like, if I ever hear this guy that makes this sound, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm gonna let him know. <laughs>
1: like you made the screaming noise and but then it made me think why did that mom let that boy buy that game? That was rated M with a lot of bad language and violence. <laughs> and then I know six-year-olds play GTA, so then I go, fine, whatever. Yeah, and, you know, if they ever ride
2: the bus to public school, well, yeah, they uh, they have heard way worse than oh, you'll yeah. find out on a video game and seen just worse. saying and seen worse <laughs> so and true. yeah, and oh man, yeah, yeah, they're they're <laughs> like you know. Like comedy clubs sometimes oh, you'll hear you'll hear man. everything. The like watching like a over. prior show or something oh, like that. Yes. <laughs> so very true. But awesome. Okay, before mm. we get on to the last question. Yes which yes. which you know I kinda
1: previewed a little earlier for, that you've all patiently. been waiting for.
2: Oh my god, yeah. that's that guy from <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I do a lot of demon voices too. I wanna be in gaming when I grow up. <laughs> Yeah, so just learn how to go, die. die. <laughs> <laughs> and people will love you for it. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll never take me alive. See?
2: Massy.
1: Massy. Massy boo-boo. <laughs> all right, all right.
2: All right. Yeah. Where we can people fun. get a hold of you? Where can people ah, find yes. you online, get in touch with you? Yes, And yes, yes. all that good social networking information.
1: Um, If you want to be able to basically find me all in one place instead of going to various sites, just go to either Drill. Hall.com. That is J A R R E L L H A L L.com or Executive Geek Productions.com. I'm not spelling that whole damn website out. That's too much. So, yeah. <laughs> just Google it. Just Google yeah, it. Yeah, just Google it. You can put uh, both inside of Google. You'll find them. Um, I've been slacking, I will admit, on my personal blog because I've been busy at conferences and shooting all kind of games and stuff. But um, I will be updating that. But that will connect to you know my Instagram, my Facebook page. Um, and a few various other pages that have it connected to that, and you know, yeah, drop me a message or drop me a question. I answer them now. I actually—it's funny—I don't update my blog that much, but I answer questions and emails and messages back almost right away. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> good to hear. So good yes, hear. you can contact me there. All mm-hmm. right, awesome.
2: So now the question—the yes. title question of the yes. show mm-hmm. that you've all been
1: waiting for, <laughs> um, Jarell Yes. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained. And my answer to start that off is I will use a quote from Mark Twain. Okay. I learned how to master the rules before I broke them and made my own. And what that means to me personally and how I live uncontained is I knew early on I did not want to have a conventional job. I did not want to live a conventional lifestyle. I found it very weird. Although I've had to work a lot of jobs to get here, <laughs> so I have a resume a mile long of a lot of crazy jobs I worked to get to this place. But I realized that I was willing to make the sacrifice, you know. And that's something that I also speak a lot is sacrifice. That's actually one of my first episodes of my personal blog is talking about the importance of sacrifice and realizing how bad do you want it. Yeah, you know, do you are you complacent and are you comfortable where you are? or do you want to have a life that you have a story to talk about when you're well into your 70s and 80s, you know? And everyone says, I wanna live an adventure, but you know, I also like my stability. And I tell people all the time, you can't have both. Yeah. Because the thing about adventure stories is they're they're wrought with danger, excitement, unsure times, dark times, crazy times, fun times, but in the end, to get to your happily ever after, you got to go through some shit. <laughs> you know, so I say, do you really want the fairy tale adventure or do you just want the townsman in the fairy tale that has the everyday life? When you figure that out, find your way to your un, uncon- you know, to be uncontained, and it goes back to what I said earlier about being stubborn. Yeah. You know, I'm very stubborn in my pursuit of I don't allow either people or situations to stop me. I've been told no a lot. I've had a lot of doors closed on me. I've had a lot of people either fire me or reject me or do different things like that, and I still didn't stop. Um, Just kind of a mini story, just to kind of wrap up the um, the answer. About, what was that? It's March now, towards the beginning of January, I had someone message me private on Facebook and they kind of blocked who they were and said, you know, hey man, I'm sorry I treated you the way I did, but I see you're doing your thing now. And I just want to say that, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> you know, and it was someone that I knew all the way back in high school that would always give me shit, you know, and that would yeah. always talk bad about me. And it was funny because he wasn't a bully, because yeah. I was a bully basher in high school. That's another story. But he would always, you know, oh, you're not ever going to do anything. You're one of those kids that, ah, oh, blah, who cares about your dreams, whatever. And, people like that I actually used as fuel. Yes. You know, I use that as good. I'm glad you don't think I'll make it cuz you'll look real stupid when you see me one day. You know, and I never let that become an internal struggle. I use it as an internal boost you know so i would say the three things would be stubbornness sacrifice and flexibility so yeah
2: all right perfect that actually mm-hmm. remind your answers mm-hmm. to that remind me of two different mm-hmm. quotes one the one that you were just talking about yes. michael jordan yes. saying like tell me i can't yes. and that gives him like the fire to like do it that's Very not an so. exact quote i'm sorry i slaughtered <laughs> that michael jordan if you're listening we'll put the michael jordan meme face on that yeah. quote yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> crying Michael Jordan <laughs> I'm crying because you slaughtered my quote uh, but uh, then the other one I don't know who it goes to but it's about entrepreneurs but uh, it goes for entertainment people yeah. as well it says like entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are willing to live like others won't so oh, later yeah. on they can live the rest of their life like others can't
1: yes exactly Exactly, and that's that's no better way to put it. <laughs> and no better way to put it. Those, mm-hmm. those, like mm-hmm. the Michael Jordan
2: philosophy of "tell me I can't and I will." Like, kind of dr- has driven me a lot too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the entrepreneur, so, and I dub it as entertainers too. You can yeah. substitute the two of those. Very that much. That so. kind of drives me as mm-hmm. well. You know, like it kind of yeah. gives me a little inspiration. It's like, yes, oh, yeah. I'm going to go through this struggle <laughs> and then come out in the end and you know be Mm -hmm. be where i want to be
1: exactly (laughs) and and that's what it's all about man that's what it's all about i love it
2: all right Jarrell. well thank you it's been really fun
1: talking to you uh, getting to know you a little bit
2: here on uncontained (laughs) and i have one more thing for you to do what we got and Mm -hmm. that is to sign off the show uh oh, all right. And it's very simple. It's very simple. <laughs> Basically, you say your name. I'm Jeral. <laughs> Jeral? Jeral. Um, well, let, I can combine- buy Let's get
1: Jeral in here. So-
2: <laughs> I'm I, I normally cut out the <laughs> cut out the description of this, but since I yeah. called you Geral, co- combining Jarrell and Hall in yes, one exactly. word, you know, I, I might have to leave it. It's a new product
1: but, coming to stores near you. Geral.
0: <laughs> for all your home needs, it's Gerald. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all your mocap and voiceover needs, Awesome. <laughs> yes. All right.
2: So i cool. um, never mind my fuck up,
0: but
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just. Doop. blooper sound there we yes, go yes yes <laughs> 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 got it okay so
2: yes. basically you say your name yes and then and i live uncontained Got it. you can throw whatever you want in there along with it but the meat and potatoes of it is your name and i live uncontained cool
1: this is Jarrell hall and i live uncontained all right <laughs> Giggity, giggity, giggity. Good.
0: Thank you. And that does it for this week's episode of Uncontained. Thanks to Jarrell for stopping by, and thank you for listening. And, yes, lots of good information in this show. It was really nice being able to sit down across from somebody and uh, talk one-on-one. I love having a... New microphone, yes, Zoom mic. That that's what made it happen. I was only set up for Skype beforehand. I'm hoping now that I have this new mic, I will uh, be able to do more one-on-one in-person interviews. And uh, no, I wasn't paid by Zoom mic to say that, but uh, the mic is pretty damn sweet. If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, check out JarrellHall.com and executive geekproductions.com leave a rating and review for the show on itunes stitcher and uh subscribe please yeah spread the word that's the best way to get uh get the advertising the word of the show out tell a friend if you enjoyed it and thank you for listening please please until next time live uncontained (laughs)